Welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. Today, we are going to discuss the hot topic of efficient record sharing. And then we're going to have a great win from Maria, who was recently at a big conference and has a, a pretty big score that happened there, and going to share us a culinary fail that she had from this past week, maybe more than one. And I'm going to have a hack that I stole from one of our esteemed recent guests that was too good not to share. So join us as we go beyond the stethoscope. Welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is made up of thousands of amazing women. In fact, we're more than 60% of the current workforce but it's also apparent that we've been struggling to stay happy and fulfilled. Well, join us, the DVM Divas, as we take this profession back from discontent. Listen as we explore the concepts that motivate us. Community. Making positive changes. Growth. Compassion. And courage. Laugh with us, cry with us, celebrate with us as we define what it means to be a badass woman in veterinary medicine. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. You? Good. I felt like I was rushing around to get sit down here and set up tonight, but we're good. We're all, <laughs> we're all settled in. So, all right. So let's get going with this week's hot topic. Uh, this has come up in, I've seen it more than once in multiple groups. I've even posted on it once as kind of a, a frustration. Um, and that is how to best share our medical records with other clinics and colleagues. You know, what are the things that kind of get under your skin that bother you? How do you guys do it? How, you know, what are some tricks or tips maybe to make it go smoothly as quickly as reasonably possible, still get the information needed. I know a source of stress for a lot of us in this veterinary profession. So let's just dive in and explore this a bit. Um, you are in a corporate setting. So my guess is you probably have some pretty stringent policies about medical records and how to effectively share them. So in my practice, what we do is basically all the medical records have to be done by the end of the day and they finalize. So I'm going through my records constantly throughout the day to make sure that they're complete. That way, if somebody calls up and says they need records for somebody, they can easily Sent, the text can easily just send them over. Um, that's not to say that records haven't been sent over, not complete. So I recently had a case that I took the case in, I did everything and I said, look, you have to go to the ER right now. And, you know, we have the luxury of doing that because we're right across the street from the emergency hospital. <laughs> um, so I didn't do my records. I just called up the ER. I said, this is the case. This is what's going on they will be right there. ER doctor said, great. Thanks for the information. I said, I'm sending the report, like the lab work with them. So that way you don't have to worry about it. Uh, what I didn't realize was the tech copied and pasted somebody else's medical record into that record. Oh, it was an accident. 
it happens. Right. So they called up to get the medical record and it was automatically faxed over. And normally I wouldn't care if it was 100% complete because I'm always on top of my cases where I'm calling the ER. And when I went to go do the record about 45 minutes later, I was like, oh my God, this makes me look like an idiot. <laughs> and I had to call them back and I was like, throw them out. I'm sending them over now. So like, we don't have a check and balance thing. Right. So you said that you are really good about taking time in between your appointments and getting your charts updated and that kind of thing. Do you have breaks in your schedule to allow for that? Or are you just, do you feel rushed to get that done? No. Or are you, or do you have a dedicated time in between your appointments to allow for that? Cause I know there's a lot of DVMs where that is a big source of stress where they're so booked back to back to back to back that they don't even get a chance to start records really until the end of their shift or after the end of their shift. And so how does that work for you? That was my big problem before in a private practice. The techs didn't help at all. Uh, this practice, I trained my techs to write my records. So all I have to do is read them and sign off on them. And I just like put my name at the bottom stating that I read them. And then the techs also know that they're done. So it took a long time to get to this point. And when I fill in at other hospitals, I have to make it a point to really go back and check everything. But right now, when I'm with techs that I work with now, they know that if records aren't majority done, I'm going to say something. And my techs have been trained enough where I have a lot of like stamps so they can copy and pasting and I have files on every computer. So that way, if I talk about this, you're going to take that and put this in the file. So it speeds up the process for me. And then I'll go back and add in anything else that. I need to do it, but I usually try and do it right after the appointment because I, I forget, yeah. honestly, I, I can't remember. And when I used to have the job where the text didn't do it, there would be, I mean, I'm looking at the record. I'm like, I have no idea what I spoke about. Mm -hmm. So I'm really bad at that. Um, and I'm big with medical records. You know, I think that it is the most important thing that you have to do in your job because it's the only thing that's going to protect you. So when it comes to, um, say you're one of your patients is being seen at another, not necessarily ER, but maybe just a, they've moved, they have changed locations. They're maybe not within the same network that you currently are working for. Do you have a policy that you or somebody needs to look at them before they are sent off to another hospital? Nope. Cause you have enough confidence that when they were put in, they are completely ready done. to go. Yeah. Um, they do have some issues with certain places getting from specialists and stuff like that. And it's not really now. It was more back at my other location, um, the other practice I was working at, trying to get records from the specialist at one specific hospital. And they wouldn't send me the records until the doctor signed off on them. And it would, the doctor might not be in for four or five days. Mm -hmm. And I need the records now because I have the patient in front of me. Um, and that's a big frustration of mine is like, I really feel that the, we should be getting the records done within 24 to 48 hours, because if they do go someplace else, I can't wait four to five days to get that record. Um, so we've had a lot of issues with that at one location and the other locations are perfectly fine and they, um, have a more efficient process. But I think that's a big frustration for a lot of people. And if you look on the posts that people talk about mm -hmm. trying to get those records and having people sign off, I get it. You want to make sure your records are complete, 
but at least if you can send them something and you can complete it later, at least have the majority of the stuff in there. And how about you? How, how does record keeping typically happen for you on a daily basis? Do you, do you have time to do it at the end of each appointment or are you one of those who has to do it kind of at the end of the day? Kind of a combo of both. Um, and I guess that's changed throughout time. So when I first started practicing, we had, I know, I know paper records, <laughs> which is shocking. Um, no, there's still but, lots of practices out there that use paper say. records. I get them faxed to me almost daily. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so we had paper records and I guess kind of ever since then, my personal rule has been try to get them done within a day mm-hmm. because of the fact that like, if I didn't, they would just stack up. And then it was like, I don't even remember. I don't yeah. remember what we did. I don't remember what we talked about. I don't remember any of it. And part of it back then too, my staff trying to be efficient would be like, oh, yep, she did it and then file it. Mm-hmm. So when I was there, I did have the policy that I wanted a veterinarian. It didn't have to be me, but just somebody to look at it before they shipped it. But if it was an emergency situation and they wanted blood work, blood work could always go out. Right. But maybe my notes were a day or two behind. We also had oh, I don't know, like film x-rays. Yeah. So like sending those, it was like, well, I'll snail mail them to you. But like if I took films or had blood work and I was shipping a patient to the emergency clinic, a lot of times the patient, the blood work, the x-rays went with. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe my soap stayed behind and I could fax that later, but at least the pertinent information they needed went. Now I try to get them done by the end of the day, if not within 24 hours. I have a little bit of wiggle time sometimes in between appointments. Um, Clinic now is really good about leaving me like a little bit of catch-up time here and there throughout my day. But like on Friday, I got everything done in the morning right before I went to lunch. And then I've got a couple quick things to add in even now. Even though it's Sunday, Um, (laughs) but they were like, you know, well, puppy checks. And it's like, okay, the puppy was fine. I didn't find anything weird. So it's just going to be a type it in. Everything was normal. Have a nice day. But I do know from being a relief that like I made dang sure my records were done before I left. Yeah. Because I didn't want to make them call or try to track me down. (laughs) They're like, what was she thinking? For the most part, my records can get done the same day. There's very few days where they cannot be done that same day. I I typically have enough breaks in between appointments to be able to get that done. For whatever reason, sometimes they they don't happen. It's not usually the the sick ones necessarily, because I'm usually taking those notes as I go. And so, you know, the histories and everything will be really complete because I'm doing that in the exam room while they're talking. And then sometimes what'll get left off is like the plan. What did we diagnose? You know, what's our treatment plan? Sometimes that doesn't get completed at the time. And we just need to be better about that. But the ones that I am really, I think, bad about are those sort of wellness visits where they're just kind of coming in for vaccinations and they may mention, oh, the dog's kind of itchy. And so we might have a conversation about it, but maybe not necessarily a full-blown skin workup. And so I sometimes get admittedly not great about getting those entered into the vaccination appointment, which is on me. And that needs to be better because inevitably that person will come in or they'll call like, oh yeah, I talked to Dr. Melissa about this and she said this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, okay. I Maybe I did. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, that definitely always room for improvement there. One of the things that I've sort of run into in our practice, and I don't know if you guys have any experience with this, there are individuals within our practice who have handwriting that is not stellar and sometimes get a little hard to read or to decipher. I will say it is not me. I pride myself on my penmanship. (laughs) 
but, and I feel for the techs and I feel for the receptionists and the team, because sometimes if I'm around, then they can usually say, Hey, what does this mean? You know, what, can you decipher this? And I can usually go, Oh yeah. Okay. This is what this means, but that's not always the case. And so they just have to do the best that they can and try to make sense out of what's written. If that doctor maybe has gone off onto a different call somewhere, is physically out of the building, you know, and trying to, to get that translated. But one of the things I, I really try to, to kind of drive home is that it is so important to make sure we get those put in correctly. And if there's any question whatsoever, if they're reading it back to themselves and it makes no sense to them, then they need to ask. They need to get some clarification and don't just assume it's some sort of weird medical jargon. And the medical records need to make sense to a lay person. If they don't make sense to a jury, then they're not good. That's kind of what I always tell myself is if this heaven forbid ever had to go up on to a court of law and it was just a bunch of average Joe people that had to make a decision, would they understand this medical record? I mean, granted, no, there's going to be medical terminology, but if it's broken sentences, if it makes no coherent sense, that's not okay. That needs to be fixed. And so I get really paranoid and OCD that those get missed, those slip through the cracks. And then we are now going to send those records somewhere else someday. And it just makes us look like a bunch of damn fools because it's not that the medicine was bad. It's that the handwriting was bad. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Do you have paper records? We have a paper ticket that travels along with the pet like during the appointment. And so we're writing our notes on the paper ticket and then Uh the techs or the receptionist type them into the computer. So can I offer a suggestion? You certainly have the tech do the writing because we have for pets that are with us throughout the day, we have a paper trail Mm -hmm. and I have to write everything down. And when I write and I have like 10 in a row, my scribbling gets to like just lines Mm -hmm. and the techs are like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) This would mean, and they do it right there. Training the techs to do all that work has made my job so much easier. Yeah, that's a good idea. So it might be worth it. They know us, they know our rhythms and they kind of know. So I feel like they probably could do that without too much struggle because a lot of times they know what we're going to say before we say it. I mean, they know these cases very well. And so I think that could be something that could be implemented. I know our techs type in their histories because they go in and get everything started, talk to them. Just like you're saying, Melissa, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, we've had a few kitties that are screaming at home and losing weight no matter what you feed them and normally dr mueller recommends blood work so just think about that while i go you know and nine eight out of ten of them will be like well just take the cat and start the blood work she can come talk to me in a minute you know so there's some of that that happens but it's nice because then the text you know they tell me the history but then they type it in which is nice because a lot of times if i go in for history it's i just have a few extra questions that they didn't ask so The other thing we implemented is I use a lot of templates. So I have a history template, a soap template, um, a bunch of different templates for like different things I speak about. And so my techs know when they walk into an appointment, I send them in first, they copy and paste the template in there. Mm -hmm. And they, every question that I would ask, 
and then I just read it real quick and then I can ask anything additional. So like everything is there. So I don't like my appointment time has gone down tremendously. So the texts that take the history, they follow like a list of questions, but it's clinic wide. It's not just mine. Mm -hmm. Um, it's clinic wide, but I like having the soap template too. I'm going to see if I can make some of those and copy and paste them. Cause a lot of times I'm like, I type the same thing 10 times today. (laughs) Maria, maybe we could post some of those templates for our listeners if they want to implement something like that. Perfect. And I think, yeah, making your technicians or not making, but, you know, kind of getting your technicians more proactive. And I think that's a good idea. They're always coming back and they've kind of gone over the history and then they'll tell me the history, but it just be a matter of just jot it down, just write it down on the record. And then, and that way I'm not going in and asking the client the same question that that the tech just asked. However, sometimes clients give different answers when the tech asks, when the doctor asks, that's a very bad client behavior. But It's funny though, how often it happens. I know. It's ridiculous how often it happens. We had a couple new techs start and she was like, I swear I asked that question and I swear he told me this. And I was like, I know that's why I asked again. Like, this is not that I didn't believe you. This is not anything. I just, or I like when they tell the tech something that they really don't want you to know. And then you walk in and you're like, oh, so did he enjoy the bacon the other night? (laughs) They're just like, how did you know? And I'm like, I know everything. One of the pet peeves, and this is something that I posted about, it's been a while back, is I cannot stand getting records sent to me from other clinics and hospitals that is just the laundry list of procedures and and medications when there are no notes attached to them. I mean, yeah, I can decipher some of it, you know, as far as, all right, this was a skin issue. They were put on prednisone and cephalexin, you know, or had bad ear. I mean, you can tell kind of what was going on, but I want to know what did you tell that client were the expectations? What were the rule outs you gave? You know, what were the things that you said that they're now coming to me and telling me, oh, that's dumb doctor so-and-so. They said this, 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 and this. And I'm pretty sure that's not what they said. And I want to know, okay, tell me the real story. What did you tell them the rule outs actually were? What test did you recommend that they did not accept? And now they're coming to me pissed off because I know there's more to the story. And yet your clinic, you know, they're in a rush. I get it. The receptionist just hits email and it just sends what's pre-populated. I know our software, a lot of times our medical records are on a whole separate form. Like we have an actual form that includes that. And I don't like it. It's one thing that I, I, I don't like about our software where is that it doesn't always embed it just into that. It takes a ton of time to be able to get everything printed and faxed and emailed. But I want to know what was in the thought process of the previous doctor. That is invaluable information to me. Not how much prednisone you prescribed. That is irrelevant. But I want to know what, what did you tell them? That's what I need to know because I'm probably going to believe the veterinarian over the client nine times out of 10. Can I ask you guys a question? When you guys have a difficult client that is like being very combative, Mm -hmm. um, do you put that in the record? I try to come up with some creative phrasing. Yes. I always have the assumption that at some given point, the client could actually read it. They have the rights to come in and ask for a printed copy of their records and I need to hand it to them. So I try to be fair um, and basically leave it as, as black and white as possible. Recommended test A, B, and C and treatments X, Y, Z, client declined you know, or, and maybe I'll put client declined because of budget or, you know, I'll put a little bit of qualifier on that. Mm -hmm. 
if it's something that I have said repeatedly, I will blatantly state, I have recommended tests repeatedly declined, you know, where it's true. Nothing in there is untrue. I, I really try to refrain from putting too many adjectives in. Um, and I feel like most veterinarians are probably able to read between the lines and can recognize, I can recognize the patterns when I see those in notes that it's like, all right, they've recommended to do all of these things and they've been repeatedly shot down. So mm-hmm. I have used the word I rate before. <laughs> Dissatisfied. That's a good one instead. Ooh, dissatisfied is good. There's been a couple that I've written that, you know, despite best attempts, our communication styles are very different. And I recommended they seek care somewhere else. Ooh, that's a good one. That's kind of my, like, we don't get along. And I try to present, like, even when talking to them, I'm like, it's neither good nor bad. It's just a statement of fact. We can't communicate with one another. So that's really good. Not able to meet clients' needs. I've kind of used that Mm -hmm. as well. Same thing. Now, the one thing that I do not mince my words at all is any sort of aggression. And if I have made a specific recommendation of concerns regarding the aggression of a dog, usually, although I've had a couple of cats that I've had to say, I don't recommend this cat stay in your home. Um, I am very, very upfront that I do not recommend this dog stays in this home. I have concerns for the aggressive nature of the dog. And I want there to be no mistake about that, that I will not endorse that animal as a family member for them, especially if there's kids in the house. There's just no excuse for that. And I I won't ever put myself on the line for that. So it was kind of interesting reading through some comments and thinking back to my own medical records. Like I know there's times where I'm rushing and like the majority of it's there, but like I probably misspelled diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And somebody's like, well, if you can't even spell, it's not a medical record. And I was like, oh, like really? Like you were saying, I think your comment earlier really resonates just because I can't spell just because I can't write it out plainly doesn't mean my medicine is bad. It just means that I was having an off day or whatever else. And so whenever I get records like that, I'm always like, oh, you had a rough day too. You had, she had a bad day. Totally get it. But I get the gist. They, they're not going to be perfect. They're not mm-hmm. going to be. My records aren't complete sentences. They should just have, especially when sending them over. And I think if we get the receptionists and or the technicians to even look at them and just say, look, it has all the pertinent information that they need. Let's send it over. And even if you write at the bottom, complete records to follow, that way the doctor can look at it further. I wish the software, the major software developers had better spell checks and better, I know medical stuff, we have all of our abbreviations, we have all of our shorthand that we use, but I feel like a lot of it is pretty consistent. Listen up, if you are a software developer, can you please improve my phone and Google do a much better job than our software does? I wish they just had voice to text. Well, they do in the human medical world. They have a whole career of it. Medical transcription, they pay people lots of money to do it. Maybe that's a side gig. I should. They make a lot of money doing that. You're not going to get rich doing it, but you can make a pretty good salary as a transcriptionist. And a lot of it's work from home. So. Oh yeah. Oh, even better. I always, I always feel bad for people who have to read my like more complicated soaps. Cause like I always do like an initial soap and then it's like update 1030 AM. We did this. I don't know about you guys. I know it drives our team members crazy, but I'm really OCD that I want the charges put in in chronological order. It's crazy. It's not. I don't want somebody's invoice to get printed out where it's like surgery, fluids, exam, catheter, 
you know, like it's in no, like that's not how it happened in the order, but that's how it is on the ticket, you know, because we don't have our tickets built chronologically. They're just built by a lot of it's alphabetical. So antibiotic injection is going to be at the top mm-hmm. and exam is down here. And it's like, well, I didn't start the day off with antibiotic injection. I did examine them first. <laughs> so I think ours, we can enter them in in whatever order, but when it prints, I think there's a hierarchy because no matter where I put exam in our charge list, it always comes out on top. Oh, you meds have- always come out on the bottom. Yeah. That's how ours is. Like I can put it in like all weird. And once I click save, it reorganizes it. We literally just did an update this week. So maybe I need to dig a little deeper. Maybe I have that capability available to me and I just never knew it. So, oh, I know we're only using probably 20% of what's actually available to us. So I, yeah, I'm sure if I just tried a little harder, I would, I would complain less. Maybe I don't. All right. Well, do you guys have any other pearls, wisdom, anything about medical records, anything else that just drives you crazy that we haven't touched base on? Um, any other hacks that have worked for you guys? Yeah, I think I would rather get incomplete records or not great records than no records at all. You know, when we refer to emergency clinics or to other clinics and we've got one that does, I mean, they'll send us updates. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know what the original soap is, but we at least get updates. We at least know that's where the patient is. We can, right. you know, help with follow-up if we need to. We get something rather than, you know, we've got another emergency place that we get nothing. And it's like, oh, like we're coming for our follow-up appointment. Great. But thankfully that clinic, like if I at least call and say, hi, I'm Dr. Mueller. We have a mutual client and patient. What were they there for? They'll at least verbally tell me things over the phone, Yeah, which is not ideal, but it, it's something. So I know where to take stitches out. I hate that when they come in and you have suture removal and I'm like, from where? Right. I have nothing. I did a staple removal on a dog that I put the staples in on and I couldn't find the damn staples. <laughs> so where did I put, what did, what did we do? <laughs> so, you know, we always tell people it is recommended that you bring any records because we may not be able to get them the day of your appointment. And what they bring is receipts. Yeah. If, if the, that's what they usually bring. They bring me receipts and I'm like, they're great things. So, you know, like. Woohoo, at least I know you bought heartworm prevention. <laughs> it was vaccinated for rabies four years yeah. ago. At least I know that. I asked them to bring it. If they bring it, great. If they don't bring it, whatever. We'll call the clinic when they get there because then if the clinic needs them to say they can have the records. Yeah, I think I think our receptionist will say, like, if you bring your records with you, that helps us. Um, or, you know, could you call and request it so we've already got it? But I mean, we get so many that it's hard. It's even hard getting them emailed sometimes is hard. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. So what the moral of the story is, I think what I'm hearing from us tonight with medical records is whatever you can do to get them done quickly is better. It will always be better. And you have the luxury of getting blocks of time in between your appointments And I say luxury, but I don't even know if that's a fair word. I think we do need to be working better as a profession about giving ourselves time to get that done and not just slamming ourselves with no breaks in between appointments. I think we would be better doctors if we had some breathing room, if we could just give ourselves a few 15, 20 minute blocks, even two or three times a day. I don't think it takes much more than that on some days and just give ourselves that chance to pause and make sure our notes are 
are recorded. And Maria had a great suggestion of let's utilize our team members. And if it's faster for us just to dictate the notes and they know us and they can just sort of get it written shorthand, however works for them. So that way when they put it in, it makes sense to them and it's more readable and it's more understandable, but, you know, working more as a team and not making the doctor be the only one that plays a role in getting those notes in. You know, it starts from scheduling. It starts from technicians helping take those records. And then, yes, you know, the doctor looking at them so that when somebody does request those records, it's not a big disruption to your day to get those sent off. So if you were confident that, you know what, my records are good, we're going to send what we've got. And that I think that would make it easier for everybody involved. So let's move on. I would like to share our hack. And maybe this is something that kind of fits in a little bit with what we've been talking about. So this hack, I am totally stealing from Dr. Danasia Crocker, the pet vet. She had a recent post where, and I think she did even say she might've stolen this from somebody else, um, but I read it. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. I should really, really look into implementing this. So her suggestion was to get a little pocket-sized old school address book that has a little alphabetized tabs on it. And that instead of putting in people's phone numbers and names, which I suppose you could, if you wanted to put some quick reference kind of diagnostic lab or something like that in there, put all the little things that you know, you're constantly looking up all the time. You know, is there a dose of drug that you just can't remember? You know, the low dose suppression test, the the settings for your x-ray machine that you know are a little quirky or, you know, the things that you just know man, I'm always looking the same thing up and you have to go to two different places in your clinic to find either the plums or the five minute consult or, or whatever it is that you're using. Just get this little alphabetized book and then just make your little notes. And if it's for deck suppression test, put that under the D's. If it's for anxiety med dosing, put that under the A title, however you want it to be titled, but make it small It can fit in your pocket. It goes with you. You can take a quick note when you feel like you need to, and you don't have to keep running to all the different references or pull out your phone and pull up the app and scroll through Google or whatever it is that you're doing, make it quick and accessible and make it make sense to you. And I thought, you know what? That does make a lot of sense because I have an old worn out version of plums. Like it's the actual book version of the plums. It's not even on my phone. I know it should be, but you know, I have like the little tabs of certain drugs that I'm always having to look up that dose. And I'm like, oh, I could just write those in this little book. And that would be so much more efficient. So that I thought was a great hack. And I really appreciated Dr. Crocker sharing that. And I shout out to whoever it was that shared it with her. I don't remember who she said, but Dr. Crocker, if you're listening, we're going to get you on our list and we're going to send you one of our fantastic stickers for sharing that hack. That's genius. It is. Uh, So let's move on to our fail. And you said that you've got some culinary fails to share with us. Yep. So Kirk and I do pretty good job of splitting dinner duties and my duties last week all wound up with an extra dose of charcoal. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a known carcinogen. You know that, right? (laughs) (sighs) Well, thanks. Nothing like kicking a girl when she's down. (laughs) Man. Yeah. So a couple of, I mean, it happens every once in a while, right? Like 
every yeah. once in a while, somebody will burn something. Right. But it happened like two times in rapid succession. So <laughs> that, that was my fail. I burned dinner and exposed my family to carcinogens. <laughs> but one was in an old school cast iron pan. So like all that that seasoned with is lard. Right. Carcinogens from lard. It's just going to slide right out of your bloodstream. You know, all the fat. In there. Pretty much. Pretty Lube much. up. And, oh, what doesn't cause cancer anymore? You know, so. True. True story. Well, we've all been there. You know, it's, hey, did the smoke alarm go off? That's when you know you've done it right. If you're going to burn something, you, the smoke alarm should go off. I mean, that. It did not go off. So that's taking it to the next level. So thankfully, I didn't ruin the pans. So uh, that was ooh, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's horrible when you ruin the pan from burning something. But yeah. So the girls were like, Mommy, I didn't think you made a crust for this. And I was like, Yeah, I didn't just leave that in the pan. Well, we'll forgive you. Well, because we know we've all been there, done that. So it just makes them appreciate the good meals, you know? (laughs) All right. Well, Maria, let's finish out with your win. I really want to know how you made this win happen. So why don't you tell us? Yeah, me uh, too. Tell us the details here. I'm so excited about this. I just got back from BMX. And while I was in BMX, we decided to take a day and go to Magic Kingdom. So we are absolutely ginormous, huge Disney fans. You don't know that, you know, we got married in Disney. I'm obsessed with Disney. I got engaged in Disney. Like, I'm so obsessed with Anyway, I was very reluctant to go this year because, well, this time, because we're going in April. Because when I saw the prices now, I almost fell over and I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine taking a four-year-old and whatever. So I ended up getting tickets because Tyler talked about Mickey the entire way down. So I was like, now we have to go. We went with my friend who lives in Florida and we're like, let's get there at 8.30 in the morning before the park opened. So we get there at 8.30. We didn't have a bag. We walked right in. There was no line. We walked right up to the monorail. We get on the monorail and it goes. And then we stop at the Contemporary Resort. They ended up sending us back to the transportation center. Meanwhile, it's nine o'clock and it was packed. Monorail's broken. We have to take the ferry. It's about 50 degrees in Florida, standing next to the lake. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I did not spend all this money to stand online freezing my butt off. So we got on to like the second or third boat and they gave us a fast pass, which is their excuse for everything. Two hours later after arriving, we made it into the park. Oh, anybody who knows me knows that I don't keep my mouth shut. (laughs) The first thing we did was we saw Mickey. We then went to the guest services. My friend is a lawyer. So I was like, you know what? You do the talking. I'm just going to sit back and watch this thing happen. So she's talking to them. He's like, I'll give you popcorn. And she's like, I want popcorn. I have a $2 popcorn bucket. And then he said, all right, you guys can come back tomorrow. And I, she just kept going. And I'm like, you have annual passes. I do not. And, I, so, and he was like, you know what? I'll give you a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, pants for your daughter to her. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. You could do that for her. But for me, I want three tickets in April, not the blackout week, because that's when I'm coming to come back to the Magic Kingdom to enjoy it for free. And he looks at me and he's like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, thinking to myself, like, that's just like $400 I saved. Yeah. And I, I, was, I called Steve. I was like, all right, we're done. And he goes, what happened? And I go, we got a free Disney um, day. And he's like, what do you mean? Go to free Disney Day. What did you say to the guy? So, yes, in April, we are getting a free day in the Magic Kingdom. And I would love to thank you, Disney, because that two hour delay 
made my day. No, their whole business model is that nobody leaves unhappy. And you know, not that you would, you should not exploit that by any means. I'm not suggesting that. But if you are legitimately unhappy with something, if you speak up about it, they will do something to fix it. Their goal is nobody leaves unhappy. So that's my win. That is a big win. That is on so many accounts. That is a big win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion about medical records, culinary fails, Disney wins, and quick reference hacks. So join us next time. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Want to know more about us? Then visit our website at dvmdivas.com or find us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn. Just look for at DVM Divas. We can also be reached by email at admin at dvmdivas.com. Don't want to miss an episode? Be sure to subscribe. And while you're at it, rate, review, and share. Your online love really does help. And tune in next week as we once again go beyond the stethoscope.